Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Hey, Scott. Hey, Mark. Good Welcome to be back. Yeah, thank you. It's good to talk with you again. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, we uh, took a little break while I was on sabbatical. So um, anyway, I'm thankful, thankful to be talking with you again. Yeah, me too. And I have, to, I have to say too, though, you, you did help me put a roof on my shed, and I appreciate that a lot too. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. That's, that's one thing I can do is put a roof on a shed. So um, today I thought we'd talk about uh, baptism. Okay. Um, baptism, we, we just got to see one on Sunday too, actually. Yeah. Um, which is great. And it just got me thinking again about just how— I thought about baptism throughout my life at followers and just how really I don't, I can't think of any doctrine at followers that has changed more than baptism has. It's Uh, changed. It's changed. It's completely gone from one end of the spectrum to the other. Okay. What, what are the, what are the ends of the spectrum? then? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's a lot of different spectrums when we talk about baptism and different uh, ideas that people have about it, but uh, the, at the early part of the followers' church, they believed that uh, you had to be baptized by a certain man, a man with a certain calling, I should say, okay. um, that only the preacher had the authority to baptize, and that when you were baptized is when your sins were washed away and, and by immersion in okay. water. Uh, that's when your sins were washed away. And then later, when that same man or that same office laid their hands on you, that's when you received the Holy Spirit. After you're baptized. After you're baptized, okay. then there was foot washing, and, uh, and then they laid hands on the ones who were baptized, and they received the Holy Spirit through that preacher. Okay. Uh, and, and that's how it started. That's how it started. As far as you know. Yeah. yeah okay. Yep. And that all ended before I was born because the last preacher died before I was born. So so you couldn't even been baptized as an infant then. I couldn't have even been. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about a different spectrum. <clears throat> Wait now, a minute. That's somebody. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah. yeah it's all together. Yeah. Okay. But there are. Yeah. Okay. No, I wouldn't have even had that option. But Interesting. Uh, as you say that, um, there... The people were baptized pretty young at followers. After the initial family would come into the church and you would be baptized into the church. Okay. Uh, which I, I think is odd now, but that okay. was the stories I always heard growing up. They, they were baptized into the church on this date. And there's even a, there's a, a written log of when everyone was baptized and by who. Sure, and okay. All that, so... Uh, but then later it would be uh, Walter would Walter's the last preacher that I know of at Oregon mm-hmm. City. So Walter would put out the word uh, that he thought people he he thought there were people who wanted to be baptized and 
and then they would play a hymn, and people would get up and come up to the pulpit, and and then they would um, go out. They they used to do it in the river, mm-hmm. uh, but they stopped doing that because they didn't. I was always told that Walter didn't want it to be a spectacle for the world to see. Okay, which I also think is a little bit odd now, mm-hmm. but. Um, so they built a, a baptismal, a tank, they called it, and it, they would, uh, well, <laughs> the yeah. tank. Uh, they called it the it, tank. It was a yeah. tank, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, every baptismal is a tank of some sort. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's what they called it. And, but it was, I, I mean, I think both of my parents were, um, they were under the age of 10 when they got baptized. Okay. Um, I know for sure my dad was, I don't know for sure on my mom's age, but they were young. Mm-hmm. And, and you did that because you wanted to be part of the church. When you mm-hmm. got baptized, then you started taking part in, okay. in the things that the church did. So, Which, I mean, apart from the spiritual realities that happened during baptism, I mean, I, th- I think that's something that, that, you know, should be sort of normalized is mm-hmm. that you become part of the, in, the church as you're baptized because— I think it should be kind of a normal part of Christian experience. But anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah. But I, I just, again, that's not all bad. Everything yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and I, and I don't mean to make it sound like it is. No, it's you, just did a, not, you didn't make it sound yeah, that way. No, no, no okay. not at all. It's, uh, it, this is just the way I was told that it was. Right. Um, and then uh, Walter died in 1969, mm-hmm. and he had had a dream a few years before that and told the whole church this dream that he had. And in that dream, baptism ended like all baptism ended in three years from when he had this dream. And that's about when he died was about three years after he told the church this dream. Interesting. Okay. So from that point on, since 1969, there has not been any baptism at followers for So they went from believing that this is how you receive the Spirit to there is nothing. There is no baptism. Hasn't been for a couple of generations now. So that so so again, I mean, a few episodes ago, we talked about how, how the church itself had changed. I mean, mm-hmm. this is one of the doctrines of the church that has changed over time. Yeah. And really, it, it changed by necessity, though, which is, I think, because yeah. there's no you know, man to baptize people, right? Exactly. And that's, um, that's the problem when, when you have to have that certain man or that certain calling, it's dependent on him. If you don't have one, right. right? It's dependent on him. So, um, I just, so that has gone, oh, go ahead. What do they do then? I mean, how, how, how do they account for there being no baptism as far as you know? Right. I would hear... I would hear the scripture of, I can't remember where it is, but being, I think it's in Corinthians, being sanctified by a believing parent, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is talking about baptism or receiving the Spirit in any way. There's nothing Um, about baptism there. It's 1 Corinthians 7, yes. Yeah, and I, uh, but that's that's all I've heard. And And then it's just this desperate hope of, I just hope that God has mercy on us. He knows our situation. Mm. Um, he has left us in this situation. Okay. Um, not he has left us, but he he knows where we are. And 
if we needed baptism, he would send someone to baptize us. Okay. Is kind of the the okay. attitude so, that somehow so the, the sanctification by a believing parent is that somehow the parents were sanctified by their baptism, so they're a believing parent, and then they in turn somehow sanctify their children. Is that, is I, that how it trickles down? I of? believe that's how okay. they think about that when. Okay. Um, I just wanted the, to connect all the, the yeah. dots from one generation to the other, if I could. Yeah, sure. And again, it's it's like every other doctrine. There, there's there are no two people that agree on this. It's I mean okay. that I think that's just a hopefulness that they have that somehow our kids will be okay because our parents were. I mean, because you're looking. There's there's nobody. Man. I'll bet there's nobody under 70 years old. I love that you're doing the math. Yeah, okay, how old to, am I? Yeah, how old? That's how you're starting. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't want to divulge that, but how old am I? Yeah. No, I, I would say there's for sure nobody under 60 years old mm-hmm. that's baptized at okay. followers. So mm-hmm. you're looking at multiple generations now. of right. There's way more people out there that are not baptized than, mm. than who are. So, and I think that's, you know, again, I'm just going to say mm-hmm. this because I'm my, if I have a role here, it's to try and bring outside perspective. I mean, I think yeah. there are a lot of people in a lot of different things, you know, religious situations or non-religious situations that are merely hopeful Yeah, that it's going to all work out in the end. See? And right. so again, I, that's I'm not saying anything in particular about, <clears throat> where you came from, it's just that when we don't have something really solid to base our belief on, yeah, we all become, well, I hope it's going to pan out. Yeah. And so yeah. I just want to uh, encourage people to, to be careful about, you know, merely being hopeful, right. but rather than finding right. something that is really, you can latch onto and be really confident in. Right. And we're like the scriptures, right? The scriptures, for instance, uh, Jesus. I mean, we need to be, I want to bring up baptism. We want to talk about who we're baptized into, not right. who we're baptized by, or, you know, the, there's those. Say are, that again. That was yeah, really important. It's, it's important that we know who we're baptized into and not who we're baptized by. Okay. Um, and I spent most of my life waiting for that right man to be sent by God to connect mm-hmm. me to Jesus when the scriptures make it clear that Jesus was that man sent and to yeah. connect me to God. Yeah. So we're, I, I just had a middleman in there, an extra middleman in there my whole life mm-hmm. that, uh, that it, one way of looking at it is that God took that middleman away. And now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And, and we've at followers just, um, there are a lot of people saying, I, I just want to be content in this state that I'm found, like Paul says that he is, and we're just going to trust that God's going to take care of us, which is a great attitude to have. Mm-hmm. But looking looking at God's Word, he, he has revealed Himself. He has instructed us on what we should do, too. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think um, baptism is something that we can just eliminate from our lives because a man died in 1969. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that with any disrespect, but the sure. man with that authority to baptize died. 
And I don't think that gives us the right to just say baptism must not be necessary anymore or must not be uh, part of the Christian life anymore. Well, I think the authority question is really an interesting one, Mm -hmm. right? Because I, I do think you have to really think about authority with respect to baptism. And, of course, the place that I you know, think of when I think of authority as the Great Commission mm-hmm. that he gave his church. And Jesus' last will and testament in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. So as he's, you know, giving his final word to the disciples, he says, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Yeah. And so the authority rests in Christ, and He commissions His church. He doesn't. He doesn't even say um, that I want you and you and you, or He doesn't trim it down. Essentially, it's disciples who make disciples who make disciples, and that was His plan for the church, and it was His plan for baptism because it was His plan for the church. So. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but the authority question is important. Because authority is in Christ. The authority yeah. is not in some intermediate person like you were talking about. Right. No, that's great. I'm glad you brought up that because the the end of that, that Christ will be with you to the end of the age, mm-hmm. the, the King James Version, I believe, says to the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And and so that that command, that commission is supposed to go until there is no more. It doesn't you know, end. It, it doesn't end when mm-hmm. a certain person dies mm-hmm. and um, and when you just don't have the opportunity, the way I really looked at it as this is the way I think it's supposed to be. And that became my, my standard for truth instead of looking to the Bible okay. and having that be the standard for truth. Mm-hmm. So, Which, again, one thing you reminded me of uh, just a little bit earlier was the standard for truth. I mean, when Jesus was baptized— yeah. Uh, he was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. Mm-hmm. In other words, it was a matter of uh, truth for yeah. him to fulfill in his baptism. So, yeah, he he didn't get to, you know, he wasn't even making it all up, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, baptism has been pretty central in, in the church. I mean, yeah. through all time, since the Great Commission, I'm sure. Right, and, I, I was, I mean, I'll just, yeah. I'll just say this. I mean, I, I had the privilege of going to um, Greece and Turkey in um, last month on my sabbatical, yeah, which was such a treat, and I enjoyed it so much and was so thankful. But one of the things we saw were Byzantine churches. Byzantine, I learned, was, I didn't even know, was like before, um, say, uh, 600 AD, so okay. in the 500s. So I, I I saw two churches in the 500s. Wow. That and then and essentially it's not like oh yeah there's this church building from there are these ruins right. of a church that was built in the 500s, and lo and behold one of the prominent features in both of those churches were um, baptismals. Now they weren't I mean, these were obvious. I don't know if it's obvious, but they would have been Catholic churches early, early churches, and they were not little fonts like you see at the back of a Catholic church now where you dip in and sprinkle an infant. Right. These were these were full-on holes in the ground right. with steps down into them, 
that uh, would have been quite awkward to figure out how to how to reach down there and sprinkle somebody. I mean, you go all the way in, right? And and it just struck me that for the history of the church, I mean, the early church knew yeah. that baptism by immersion was a prominent feature of following Jesus, and so we'll build it into our church buildings. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was really it was really cool for me. Yeah. So what I just thought of as you were telling me about that is that. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch mm. and in Acts 8 with with Philip. That was something that I had to read about uh, quite a bit as I was trying to figure out, okay, I'm, I do trust in Jesus. I do want to get baptized. Now, who can baptize me? That This was still something, you know, I, I've confessed on here before that when I left the one right church, I was still looking for the next right church. Mm-hmm. Well, I was still looking for the right person to baptize me too. It, mm-hmm. This all didn't just, it wasn't just as clear as day one day for me. <laughs> it, was just, it was all, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was reading and, and a lot of that, I just kept hearing all the arguments that you have to have this calling to baptize and uh, it has to be the apostles. Mm-hmm. Well, I read Acts eight and Philip is not one of the apostles. Uh, mm-hmm. He, and he walks up to the the chariot. He's told by the spirit to go up to the chariot of the the eunuch, and he's reading Isaiah, mm-hmm. and and then uh, talk about who we're baptized into instead of who you're baptized by. I think this is a perfect yeah. story of that because he's a stranger for one thing. Yeah, stranger, and uh, he asks the eunuch, "Do you know what you're reading?" and and then it says that he, starting with that scripture explains to him the good news about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and the next thing in there is that the eunuch sees that there's some water and says, what prevents me from being baptized? So it just clicked to me that there must have been something in Philip's presentation to him about the good news of Jesus. Baptism must have been included in that, I would say, because it just says, what prevents me from being baptized? And and they, they go down there and do it. He the eunuch doesn't care what Philip's credentials are. He cares what he just heard about the good news of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives a person to want to be baptized, not meeting the right man to to baptize you. Yeah. And it was a pretty immediate response to faith. Yeah. I mean faith first, then baptism in that case. Yeah. 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 Well, we've talked about the uh, the idea that baptism isn't necessary anymore because God has taken away our opportunity at followers to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another there's another thought uh, that I heard quite a bit that we don't need to be water baptized because we've been baptized by the Spirit. That we've we do put our trust in Jesus. But we don't need. I, I actually heard one that one man was saying that the apostles got it wrong. That bat, water baptism wasn't necessary anymore after that. Once I, I think it's John the Baptist, early on before he baptizes Jesus, that says, "I baptize you with water, but one will come after me who will baptize you with the Spirit." Mm-hmm. Um, and and they'll use that that scripture to say, once you're baptized by the Holy Spirit, then you don't need water baptism anymore. And 
I think there are examples in Acts again. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul uh, says that he receives the Spirit and then regains his sight after he has his, um, you know, he runs into a risen Jesus on the road mm-hmm. to Damascus. He's converted, he's blinded, and then he loses his sight or he regains his sight and is filled with the Holy Spirit, it mm-hmm. says. And, and he was just baptized by a disciple. It just says a disciple named Ananias. Mm-hmm. It's, he doesn't have any special credentials. Uh, credentials. Yeah. Um, but, but then it says, and he arose and was baptized. So Paul still thinks it's appropriate to mm-hmm. get water baptized after. Um, the house of Cornelius is the same. So that's two chapters later. Uh, yep, yeah. in Acts 10, where um, just listening to Peter tell them the good news about Jesus, it says that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter's response to the others that are with him, uh, these are Gentiles too, so this is a different, uh, this is a major event in the Bible, really. And, right. uh, and his question is, how can we deny them water? who have received the spirit the same as we. So it's, um, it's really matches with my experience is that I, I believe I received the Holy spirit when I put my trust in Jesus. And then, um, I did not feel like that didn't make water baptism necessary. That, that really made me feel like baptism, water baptism was necessary for me as a step of obedience. Um, for the first time in my life, really. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I want to be careful with what I say there. I don't, I don't think that, um, I want to make it clear that I, I don't think we can say that water baptism is 100% necessary for salvation. We, we can't make it into a work that we have to do um, because we have the example of the thief on the cross um, who... Okay. Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. And, and he, he, it's too late. He it was, was already late. tied up to that cross. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't be. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Could I get down here for a second? Yeah. But, but that, that being said, that's the only example that I can find in the Bible of someone who uh, came to faith in Jesus and then wasn't baptized. So, so you just really pointed out two different things with him. Mm-hmm. Number one that it wasn't necessary for salvation, mm-hmm. but also that he was the only person in the New Testament that uh, we know of who would have placed their faith in Christ and yeah. not been baptized. Yeah. and So he's really an example of a couple different really important things. Really important things, yeah. 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 And so, yeah, the I mean, baptism is, you know, what we would generally say is that you receive uh, the you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you receive the Holy Spirit when you place your faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. In our new creation, new new creation, he takes out the heart of flesh and gives you a heart of stone. He puts his spirit within you, the new covenant says. And that's the sort of the paradigm that we would have. And then once you have believed and had this exchange, then you subsequently follow the Lord in obedience to baptism and obedience meaning the Great Commission. In other words, he has commanded the church mm-hmm. throughout the ages to baptize people into Christ Jesus. And so that's what um, that's where the obedience, I think, really comes in. Yeah, in the Great Commission, it, it 
ties baptism with being a disciple of Jesus. I mean, it, it is it is tied it's together. It's the first part. It's the first part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's important. And so the um, yeah, you would just like you take even the day of Pentecost. They received the Spirit and said, "What must we do?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Repent and be baptized." So. There is the repent, and then as soon as you repent, be baptized. I mean, they're they're together, and that's what happens. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think those go together. Yeah, I I do too, and I think it's I think it's important to um to just say that. I mean, I'll again admit that I it was three years again for me because it baptism isn't something you can just go do. Some some people tried that. Some people went and got baptized and then came back out to followers. Mm-hmm. It did not go well for them. They they were not received uh, with open arms, you might say. Yeah. Um, well, there is, you know, there is one thing that's related to this, and I, I mean, we've not really talked about it, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, there is this quarrel that, that ends up you know, ends up centering around baptism. In First Corinthians one, um, he's talking to them about the quarrel they're having. He says, "What I mean is that each one of us says, I follow Paul, I follow Paulus, I follow Cephas, mm-hmm. I follow Christ.' Those are the real spiritual ones, of course." And then he says, "Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you?" And then, then here is the issue, right? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Right. In other words, it, like who bap- who baptized you? And then he goes on to say, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Christmas and Gaius. Right. Um, you know, maybe I baptized, I guess I remember baptizing, he says, the household of Stephanus. Uh, beyond that, I don't know whether I baptized anybody else. Yeah. And so, in other words, the whole who you're baptized by becomes a point of contention, which is uh, anti uh, what Paul is encouraging here. He's encouraging, <laughs> don't have this, right. this kind of, you know, I did it right, you did wrong kind of quarrel. And, yeah. then, and then he goes on to say, because it's really the cross that matters, not the baptism. He says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Mm-hmm. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of, of God, yeah, and so this 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 whole question centering around baptism, really, we have to center around believing the gospel. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, um, and this is not of yourselves; it's the gift of God, not of works, so that no one will boast. Not of the works of baptism or any other work, right. and because the power is in the cross to save, not in our activity, right? And so we right. just relax and follow Christ and be obedient and. Yeah. baptized. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that scripture up because that I have a, a really good friend who uh, points to that. There's the, the part you read about Paul saying, for I was not called to baptize, but to preach the gospel. That is an argument that he will use to say baptism's not important anymore. Paul Paul's ending it right there. And I just think that's a really not a good interpretation of that. And I also think you're doing exactly what Paul's saying not to do when you say, Paul is my apostle. You're, you're doing just what he's telling people not to do. You're saying, I'm of Paul. I'm, you know, 
And he, Paul's clearly not saying that he didn't baptize because he lists people who he did baptize. Mm-hmm. He's talking about exactly what you said, putting your confidence in the person who baptized you instead of who you're baptized into and and the work of Jesus on the cross. Yeah, and there aren't you know there must be other people who yeah. you were who you would say were less authorized or less called than Paul who were doing the baptism for the entire rest of the church. Right. So there must have been a bunch of people baptized yeah. by not by the main guy. Yeah. For what it's worth. Yeah. Well and another one really that uh, had a big impact on me is in Acts two when Peter uh, gives his sermon after they received the Holy Spirit, and then he gives his sermon, and and all of these people who had just uh, basically applauded or been part of putting Jesus to death on the cross, uh, they all come to fa- they all come to know that they had killed their Messiah, and they just cry out, "What must we do?" and his answer is to repent and be baptized, every one of you. And 3,000 people plus that day. Um, that, and that reminds me, they, they all had to go home and explain to their families who would not have been happy to hear that they were following Jesus now, you know, in that uh, Jewish community at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, I used that for an excuse not to get baptized for three years of well, people at people at church here won't like that if I do that. I, you're, and and I let that be an excuse to me to not go get baptized. Well, in some respect, I mean, even that is an admission of the importance of baptism, isn't it? Yeah. That everybody seems to understand baptism as this defining moment that I am identifying with Jesus. Yeah. Which is why it's important. I mean, Romans six says, you mm-hmm. know, many of you are buried with Christ in baptism and you're raised to a new life. I mean, he talks about this identification with Jesus that you are doing in your water baptism. You are saying, I'm in with Jesus. And when you say that, yes, people recognize that. I mean, that's why it is a big deal to be baptized if you're Muslim. Really big deal. It's really big deal to be baptized by immersion if you grew up Catholic. I mean, all these things, baptism is tied in because what you're saying when you're baptized is, I'm identifying myself with Jesus and really with his church, yeah. and I want the world to know. And so everybody reacts yeah. <laughs> to this baptism by immersion idea. Yeah, yeah and it, it, it divides. I mean, I, we've experienced that. It divides families. It divides friends. It, um, but uh, I, I will just say, because it is about who you're baptized into, I will just say as much as I miss those people, um, I wouldn't change it for the world. I would not take back my baptism if that was even mm-hmm. possible. Um, uh, pledging my allegiance to Jesus is worth whatever has to come. Mm-hmm. And, and I just trust in him that uh, the rest will be reconciled someday and that more people will um, put their trust in him and, and fully trust him even when we count the cost mm-hmm. and uh, and follow him, and we've and and I don't we're talking about this in baptism. I'm not saying um, the act of baptism is is doing that. I'm sa- I'm just saying that my hope is that people 
look past all of the reasons why not to get baptized. And if if your trust is in Jesus, you can trust that it's all those things will be taken care of. Just mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's worth. It's worth doing. Well, he does make, <laughs> he does make some pretty sincere promises about, yes. you know, if you are forsaken for some reason because of me, mm-hmm. which is essentially for identifying with me, which is what happens in baptism. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, he will, he will make sure in this world and the world to come that you'll be taken care of. Yes, that's right. Well, one of the uh, songs that we used to sing that really weighed heavy on me um after coming to faith in Jesus, but still making all the excuses of why not to be obedient. Um, one of them was called, Jesus is all the world to me. And the first verse says, Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. When I am sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. And I would sing this and think, is he all the world to me? Like, mm. Or am I? is this just, it's kind of that fan or follower thing we talked about a few weeks ago. Right. I, I, I just, uh, but there was, uh, there's another verse that, drove it home even more. Um, Oh, yeah, it's verse 3. Jesus is all the world to me, and true to him I'll be. Oh, how could I, this friend, deny when he's so true to me? Following him, I know I'm right. He watches o'er me day and night. Following him by day and night, he is my friend. Mm. And I just felt like... um, it was great to follow Jesus in the light and in the daytime, but thinking about the darkness that was going to come, I, and I just realized that I, I was not. He was being true to me, and I was not being true to him. I, was, uh, I wanted to be, but I just wanted my life not to change more right. than I wanted to follow him. and. Mm. So uh, I, I will say after being uh, out almost four years now from there, um, again, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't change that decision at all to, to mm-hmm. fully trust in Jesus with, with that part. I mean, I, I'm not going to claim to be fully trusting Jesus with every part of my life. I'm... I'm God's still working in that sure. area with me, but but He is all the world to you. He I mean, is all the world to me, really. And yes. you can say whatever it yeah. takes. Yeah. See, and I think that's some of the things that I really respect about you and others who uh, who had these obstacles mm-hmm. and just said, you know what? I know baptism is a is a thing. I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, all, all the yeah. same, and. I'm going to be baptized into Christ Jesus, and that's important. And yeah. I will do it, you know, come what may. And I just really respect that. So. Yeah. Well, thanks. It's only by His grace was I able to do it because yeah. it's. Uh, it hasn't been easy. But, I know. No, yeah. but uh, but it's been great. So. Well, good. All right. Well, thanks for talking about this, Mark. Yeah. Good to see you.
Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.